program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 88th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. Well, today I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. And what a a week it was, still with uh, crazy stories floating around. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And as I said, I'm broadcasting live from Boston, and boy, is it cold here. It has been the coldest week we have had in... Really a number of years, I think, uh, four years or so, and it just feels like uh, the temperature has been stuck at about zero, plus wind chill, for, uh, you know, forever it feels like, even though it's just been all week. And it uh, basically started last Sunday night during the uh, Patriots-Ravens AFC Championship game. So, I'm going to start right with that as my event of the week that I attended. Uh, As I said, nice afternoon and then heading over for the 6.30 Eastern start. Uh, It was just getting colder and colder. The temperature dropped precipitously. The wind picked up dramatically. and, uh, And the Baltimore Ravens really showed up. As I said on my show last week, I felt like it was just their time, and I think I was right. They were men on a mission, and they got the job done. The uh, the second half was a genuine beatdown. All the my seats are in the end zone, and all the uh, Ravens second half touchdowns basically were right in front of me. And uh, uh, you know, Antoine Anquan Bolden going up and just basically snatching that ball out of the air with authority in the end zone to me just illustrated how much those guys wanted it. Nobody was getting that ball before him, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, all credit goes to the Ravens uh, watching <coughs> watching the game, not making excuses in any way for the Patriots. But the minute a 
Aqib Talib left the game. Uh, I immediately remarked, that could be it. And indeed it was. Everything just instantly changed. I was surprised the Ravens didn't start attacking immediately in the second quarter, but they certainly did uh, the minute the second half started. And frankly, it was just uh, very reminiscent of the past couple of years watching that Patriots defense in the second half, which was quarterbacks, good quarterbacks like Flacco, just basically going up and down the field, attacking the middle, and really doing whatever they wanted to do. I mean, Flacco just had a feast out there. But no complaints. As a Patriots season ticket holder, uh, I got this year, like last year, and a few years prior to that, uh, exactly what you want as a season ticket holder, which is to see the most number of games possible. And I got to see, you know, two playoff games this year, two playoff games last year, all at home. So, uh, you know, the Patriots, uh, they'll, they'll be back. Uh, they picked a bad day to play their worst game of the year. But that's sports. That's why they play the games, as uh, Chris Berman likes to say. And again, all, uh, all credit goes to the Ravens. They really showed up, really wanted it, and they just took it. And uh, another really cool thing from this week was yesterday the NFL hosted a conference call. Uh, with the Harbaugh family, <clears throat> Jack and Jackie Harbaugh, their daughter Joanne Crean, who's married to, of course, Tom Crean, the basketball coach at Indiana, IU. And it was just really terrific. Um, very, very nice-sounding people, to put it mildly. Uh, the father, Jack, also a coach, is a Michigan man like the son, Jim. And just very cheerful, very likable. And the highlight was when call come in. This was for the media, so a call came in uh, from John from Baltimore, and it turned out to be Ravens coach John Harbaugh. Nobody really knew it at the moment. He was introduced, and uh, he basically said, uh, is it true that you like Jim better than John? And it just basically cracked the place up. It took a moment for the daughter, Joanne, to recognize uh, the voice, but they did pretty quickly, and it was just hilarious. So, uh, you know, made me think very highly of the Harbaugh family and John Harbaugh in particular. It was just really a cool, cool moment, to say the least. Well, let me go right to my uh, highlight of the week uh, while we're on the subject, which is, uh, of course, the 49ers beating the Atlanta Falcons, uh, coming back to beat the Atlanta Falcons and get back to the Super Bowl, return to the glory days. As you all know, uh, I accompanied uh, 49ers owner John York uh, as he greeted fans the night of the Patriots 49ers, that epic Sunday night game back in December. And the 49ers just treated me wonderfully. And as I walked the field with him before the game, I just could not have been more impressed as he was connecting with his fans, giving him lapel pins, uh, gave a dozen or so of them field passes to instantly and immediately come right down on the field and stay there till just about kickoff on the sidelines watching their 49ers. So it's a really cool thing, and the 49ers treated me well, and I am heading to New Orleans, so I cannot wait to see 
some of the 49er personnel that uh, treated me so well that night at Gillette Stadium and through the years. Uh, and good for them. I think it's terrific. Uh, an iconic franchise, five for five in Super Bowls. And uh, it's going to be great to see them down in New Orleans. Uh, their presence, 49er fans that night in Gillette Stadium was impressive to say the least, and I expect it to be equally impressive down in the Superdome. Uh, a week from Sunday. And uh, my bizarre story of the week, and I, uh, you know, may have to <clears throat> retire the award um, after this, sort of like Sports Center, where when they get a great highlight uh, on the top 10, it just stays and stays and stays and stays. Well, the Manti Teo story may indeed just end up staying permanently. Uh, on my bizarre story of the week, uh, because it just gets more and more confusing. In other words, whatever thought there may have been that it might get a little bit cleared up uh, with Katie Cork yesterday, obviously. <laughs> if anything, it just got more confusing. Uh, yesterday, the New York Daily News reported that uh, it was actually Renea Tuyasasopo's voice, i.e. a man imitating a woman, uh, and then the New York Post, and we'll get some input from Barry Rubenstein when he calls in in a bit. Uh, New York Post reported today that uh, it was Tuyasa Sopo's cousin, female cousin, who apparently called in. So, again, <laughs> the longer the story goes on, the uh, just the crazier it gets, and frankly, the more questions... Uh, that seem to get raised rather than, than seem to get answered. And I still don't have my main question answered, which I posed last week on this show, uh, which is how, uh, how he could say that he, that someone he never met is the love of his life. Period. It's just, uh, you know, I would love to hear that question asked and answered, and I just haven't yet. And, uh, but, Maybe it will unfold here in the, uh, you know, in the coming days and or weeks. And, uh, and my low light of the week is just simply, uh, what's happened to the Celtics and the Lakers? The two gold standards of the NBA are both under 500. Uh, the playoffs actually at this moment in time appear questionable, more so for the Lakers and the Celtics, but, uh, again, it's a low light for the, uh, you know, for the week for me is just seeing where these two franchises stand because, you know, like the Yankees in baseball, even Notre Dame in football, and uh, the NBA is better off when the Lakers and the Celtics are playing well. So, uh, and one last note, uh, there was all, I also listened in on a conference call yesterday, uh, with some of the New Orleans officials uh, hosting the Super Bowl, and they are ready. James Carville and Mary Maitland were on the phone call. They were terrific, and the city of New Orleans is ready to reintroduce their city to the world. And it was amazing to hear of all the infrastructure improvements. And, uh, and again, it feels like it's going to be the true, true coming out party for the city of New Orleans. Uh, since Katrina. So I'm excited. 
Can't wait to get down there. And with that said, uh, it's time to take our break. And on the other side will be our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, Back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And Barry, how are you doing today? I'm excellent, John. Thank you. How are you? Great, great. Thank you, as always, for calling in. And uh, I've been thinking of you all morning because the New York Post is just all over the news uh, today, and especially in the sports world, but beyond, as uh, they have broken the news that the voice on the messages left for Manti Teo is... According to the Post, a female cousin of uh, Tuyasasopo, Renea Tuyasasopo, and uh, the perpetrator of this overall hoax. And, uh, you know, uh, direct contradiction of a story in yesterday's New York Daily News that said, uh, had a lawyer for Tuyasasopo saying it was Tuyasasopo's voice, a male voice impersonating a woman. So the more we know, the more we learn, the crazier the story gets. Yeah, I was, was going to say, this is, a, you know, it, it, just speaking from clearly a, a, a tabloid point of view, I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know that people over the country can really get a grasp for, for what a tabloid war is like. I mean, 
used to be a lot more of these back in the day, but you know, when, when you're when you're talking tabloids, when you're talking, uh, you know, New York Post, New York Daily News. I mean, is, 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 has there been a has there been a weirder story in the past X number of years than this? I mean, it's just, it just gets weirder and gets crazier and just gets more just you know out there. And you know, I, I just I'm not, you know, I'm not really surprised at this. I mean, it's just it's just yet you know, another another layer to this whole thing. And you know, as you said in your opening, you know, the fact that you know somebody could you know uh, you know have some conversations with somebody who 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 he thought was and first of all who he thought really existed. Number one, second of all, uh, you know who he he called his girlfriend, even though they never actually met. Um, you know, I realized that. Uh, you know, uh, you know, online online dating is is, is growing, and online uh, you know, the, the services, you know, the Match. dot coms, what have you, are growing. People do that way. I mean, I personally know two people, two, two friends of mine who who, who who met their significant others and they are married through uh, services. That being said, you know, at least at least there was contact. At least they knew the other person existed. At least they talked to them on the phone and then met them. Uh, you know, this, this whole thing has just gotten crazier and crazier. And, you know, I don't think that the, I don't think that Monte Teo helped himself out in that Katie Kirk interview. I think he wound up looking even worse after the yep. fact, after admitting that he, he lied about the whole story after he knew that it was a hoax, after he figured out that it was a hoax. He went, he went with the story just basically because, you know, it helped, uh, build his, his brand, so to speak. Um, yep. listen, you know, I, I think that, in the long run, you know, you look at a guy like this, and I think the NFL teams, you know, have to look at this guy with serious pause now and, and really kind of look at him in a much different way, right? I mean, I mean, you know, you're you're pretty close to the NFL, and you know how 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 the scouting department works. You know how these guys are are tested, you know, mentally and physically, and and you know the personality test, uh, you know, all uh, all the different tests that they. That they use with these guys, you know, Wonderlick tests, you know, what have you. Um, I just really wonder, you know, how much stock, how much is this going to cost Monte Teo in the long run? How much the stock is going to fall on this? You know, obviously, obviously someone will take a chance on him at some point. But you know, this is a guy that was a you know Heisman Trophy finalist, and he, you know, was really you know one of the top top football players in the country. You know, at the top of every conversation before all this happened. Now you really have to kind of wonder about, you know, his his mental capacity, you know, whether he's really fit to, you know, really be the type of player that 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 teams would expect a, a player to be at that level uh, of the draft. You know, is he still going to go first round? Is he going to cost him that much? I mean, that all remains to be seen. But I think you really have to question, you know, the future of of, of where this goes, and it's just. Crazier and crazier. I mean, I, it, it just—it just defies all logic. It just defies all 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 conventional thought processes, processes on this type of situation. And, and again, I, ju- I just feel like, in the long run, uh, you know, when all is said and done, it's—it's—it's going to cause teams to really look at this guy in a, in a much different light and really think real hard and think real long about bringing a guy like that into their system. I really do. Well, I agree wholeheartedly with everything you said, and to me, the big X factor is uh, he's a good player. I'm not sure if he's a great player, but in my mind, all year long, 
what was his number one attribute was his inspirational leadership. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly what you now have to call into question. Uh, will people now follow this guy? Can he be a leader with this story out there now? And, uh, you know, I, I just seriously uh, question that. I did last week. Now I think the story is even more confusing. I think he looks worse today than he did a week ago. And, uh, again, you know, the, the question will be, as it always is with the NFL and drafting, does his, is his talent so great that NFL GMs will basically overlook any and all deficiencies, be it whatever background, criminal background, as they have done in the past, because the talent is so exceptional that they're willing to, uh, you know, to put up with whatever the, the, the off-field issue may be, shall we say. And, uh, and I just don't know, again, you know, if I'm, you know, until 10 days ago, if you're drafting this guy, to me, the number one reason you're drafting him is his leadership quality, his inspirational leadership. And I just don't know if he can ever provide that anymore, or more importantly, if anybody would ever buy into it anymore. And that, to me, well, is the key question. Yeah, I mean, you have that, of course. And, you know, and as we just said, you know, yeah, I mean, you have the aspect of, you know, what is his, what is the perception of him amongst potential uh, potential suitors. The other factor you have to you have to get involved with here is what what effect is this going to have on him personally moving forward. I mean, I would have to think that this is going to you know, be a, a, a tremendous burden to him moving forward. I mean. You know, we all know that he's you know, he's very inspirational, very spiritual, and you know, kind of the thing that gets lost in all this is that you know his 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 grandmother's death, which 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 actually was legitimate. He really did have a grandmother who we really did right. know and really did talk to and really did love. It really was an inspiration on him. She died, and that is all kind of kind of lost in all of this this other nonsense. But you know, but looking at Monte Teo, the football player, and Monte Teo, the person. Moving forward, I mean, you know, all you have to do is look on the internet, and you don't have to look very far because you know the guy's pretty much a laughing stock. I mean, you know, I can if, if, if you just if you just I'll give you a couple of them right off the bat. I mean, if you just and we had kind of had fun with this at the post last week. If you just Google Monte Teo of fake E Harmony ad, I don't know if you saw this or not, but there somebody put out a spoof E Harmony ad with Monte Teo and his invisible girlfriend, and it's, it's actually pretty funny. It's very well done. But that's just one example. Um, Deadspin.com, uh, which is you know, one of my favorite uh, go-to websites, and, and Deadspin was the one who, who broke this whole story initially. Um, they they published a photo, uh, uh, and you know, from the un- from unlikely sources, right? There was a photo of the uh, Dallas Stars hockey game, and there was a picture of the scoreboard of an empty seat, and the caption on the seat was, "The Dallas Stars welcome Monte Teo's girlfriend to the game." You know, it's just crazy <laughs> stuff. And then you get to the comments, and it gets weirder, right? The comments are, somebody says, well, the really weird part of when Clint Eastwood started yelling at her. So you, you get into all these layers of all this craziness. And and one of the reasons why this has become, there have been so many comments and so many now jokes about this whole thing is, well, you know, you know, we, we live in a very cynical society, right? I mean, people joke about anything and everything. But there's no guilt here because nobody actually died. Nobody got hurt. There's no, there's no person who died. There's no person who, who is, who is you know, you have to feel guilty about you know, making fun of, per se. So, you know, all this stuff was out there pretty much immediately without any kind of guilt level involved. So, you know, in, in the cynical 
world that we live in at newspapers and in the media, uh, you know, you, you even have that layer to really deal with. But, you know, again, I think, you know, how is he going to be able to handle this moving forward? Because you know it's going to be very difficult for him moving on. I mean, yes, we live in a very forgiving society, and yes, you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of athletes that have had, and athletes, you know, politicians, um, public figures, celebrities, a lot of people have had embarrassing moments and have done bad things, have done things they wish they hadn't, and things that they really pay for in, in the public eye. But, you know, you have to think that, you know, whoever drafts this guy, uh, you know, when they go on the road, it's going to be brutal. I mean, can you imagine going to a place like Philadelphia, right? <laughs> or even, right. or even, even Foxborough or, uh, or any, any place. I mean, can you have this guy play in a, at a, in a big market team? I had this discussion with a, with a friend of mine. Um, you know, you really have to think twice. There's no way the Eagles could draft this guy. There's no way the Cowboys could draft this guy. There's no way, uh, you know, the Giants, you know, the, the, the Jets maybe, because the Jets are such a circus, but the Giants would never, or Steelers would never touch a guy like this with this much baggage. You almost have to think of him as more of a, of an out, uh, of a NFL outpost kind of guy, right? Like a, maybe a, like a Jacksonville or a St. Louis or someplace where, you know, maybe he wouldn't be the focus of, of media coverage, right? I mean, right. The there's no way, right? Uh, Oakland, maybe, you know, they have the you know, they have the Island Misfit toys out there with the Raiders, but but for the most part, there you, you think of all your major markets and all your uh, your your top notch NFL organizations won't even want to come close to touching this guy. So there's a lot of factors moving forward. Yeah, we have to see how it plays out, but I think it's going to be very very difficult. A for teams to justify selecting a guy like this with this much baggage, and B there's going to be baggage for Monte Taylor himself. Moving forward, is he going to be able to deal with it? Is he going to be able to have the mental capacity to deal with it? Uh, you know, other guys have have have, have uh, you know double you know, depression issues, all these different types of things. Moving forward, I, mean, I think we have to think of all of these factors moving forward, and I, I just don't think it paints a real rosy picture for him in the long run. And again, great points, Barry, and I am with you a hundred percent. And I also feel that you know. The other X factor here is, you know, I mentioned the leadership factor, you know, the, the, you know, inside his own locker room, not to mention the opposing team. I mean, how are they going to treat him, both his teammates? Number one, will they follow him as a leader, which, again, I think up to 10 days ago was his number one attribute. And number two, uh, you know, what's, you talked about what he's going to deal with in opposing stadiums, and that will be substantial. But what's he going to deal with, you know, from opposing teams? I mean, this is really, you know, again, uh, a ruthless business, and there's uh, nothing is off limits. And so sure to be fascinating. Again, uh, my take on last Friday's show was pretty immediate two days after the story broke that I thought it was going to really severely hamper his draft status. Not everybody seemed to be saying that at the time, but I think here we are a week later, and uh a lot more people like you and I are questioning his draft status, and I think a lot more as well are doing that publicly. And, uh, again, you just get down to the, you know, is his talent so great that you can just overlook it, you know, or is it just going to be like, why would you bother? Just move on to the next guy unless he is just a game-changing player. And I'm just not so sure he is. Uh, the Alabama game, and I, 
obviously had a lot on his mind. <laughs> we now right. know. Right. Well, well, now we can, was... well, now we, well, well, now we can look at that in a different light, right? Because now we can look at that game knowing that, you know, and I think we mentioned this, we touched on this in last week's show, you know, you could go back in the game and, you know, obviously it was a blowout and, you know, as well, and even if he had played the best game of his life, it wouldn't have mattered, right? But, right. you know, say it had been a closer game and say there were some times in the game where he needed to make a big play or needed to make make a call of the line of scribbler who needed to needed to, to, to elevate his game in some way, you know, who knows how much impact this is this this has on him. And you know, again in, in, in that particular game, you know, it, it probably wasn't that big a factor, but had the game been closer, it, it, it may have it may have swayed it one way or another. It could have been a tipping point. So, you know, we'll never know that. But, you know, I, I think uh, that, that that's certainly that, that's certainly something that needs to, that teams need to look at when they consider uh, where they where they want to draft this guy, if they want to draft this guy, and uh, I think it I think it goes without it's without question now at this point that you know we have to really really think about where you know what, what the long term effects again, and as you mentioned, uh, you know opposing teams during games, you know they're going to be root, they're going to they are going to be ruthless, they're going to be very hard, they're going to be all over them, and uh, you know it, it, with, is he strong enough mentally, spiritually? To, to fight through that. We'll, we'll, we'll find out. We will find out. And before we go to break, yeah, I mean, at minimum, I think it's safe to say, you know, obviously it was weighing on his mind. And, you know, he, he didn't play well. The team didn't play well. Did the fact of, was he not himself in the week leading up to the game itself? And, uh, you know, all those questions are going to be uh, in the minds of NFL general managers. So with that said, uh We'll go to our break, and Barry, I know you're looking forward to uh, sticking around on the other side, so we'll be back in after the break. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. Do you feel the need for speed? Whatever your addiction, NASCAR, IndyCar, NHRA, Formula One, or even lawnmower racing, Pit Pass USA has got you covered. Larry Henry here, host of Pit Pass USA. I put my 30-plus years of being a motorsports broadcaster to work to bring you not only the best guests, but also the most interesting guests in racing. Pit Pass USA with Larry Henry, your front row seat to the world of racing. Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. Be there or get a DNF. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And to join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And still on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, Barry Rubenstein of the New York Post Sports Department. And Barry, the Super Bowl participants have now been set with the 49ers and Ravens and... uh before we get into your analysis of last weekend's games and what you think about the Super Bowl, as we know, the Super Bowl is scheduled in New York uh, a year from now. And with this weather, it would if, if it was this year, it would be a disaster if it was this week. I mean, it is the coldest week in years we've had up here in the Northeast. And uh, I know you're feeling it, too. So I have to ask your thoughts on, uh, on that. Well, I mean, the, well, the, the good news about that is that you know, once we get to Tuesday, it's going to be forty something degrees, and you know, hitting fifty, I think, on Wednesday. So it, it's just it's, the weather has been kind of bizarre. I mean, obviously, we've been the cold and that. But listen, I mean, you know, we, I think we're so used to seeing championship games played, you know, in, in, in perfect weather conditions. I mean, but it's not always the case. I mean, back in the day, I mean, the 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 most famous games in NFL history was the uh, was the ice ball between the Packers and the and the uh, and the Cowboys, the 1967 NFL championship, and, and going back before Super Bowl. I mean, games they, they they didn't have any uh, Super Domes back then, so games were played at the highest seed team, no matter what the weather, and they dealt with it. And you know what, the the, the players will deal with it now too. I mean, we, we see games play. You know, when you see games played at Lambeau Field now, and we have that. Uh, we've had the NFC Championship games from Lambeau Field. We've, we've seen the uh, bad weather situations, you know, high-profile games, you know, fog and rain, what have you. So, hey, listen, you know, uh, that, 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 that's part of the deal when you play in the NFL. Uh, bad weather is, is just part of it. And, you know, as I said, you know, we're, we're not used to seeing it in Super Bowls, but that's okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. And I think uh, I think the fans will be too. Yes, yes, I, I totally agree. And uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be an interesting week, to say the least, down in New Orleans. And uh, what are your thoughts on the on the matchup and the Forty Niners Ravens? Well, I mean. Honestly, I, I really I thought the Ravens would lose when lose against the Broncos two weeks ago. So you know, shows how much I know. But and I expected the Patriots to beat the Ravens this past week. But you know what? They 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 played really. Flacco's been terrific. Um, he's really become a road warrior, uh, playing playing really well in, the, in these types of situations. Um, they've done what they've had to do. Their defense has been really good, really opportunistic. Um, you know, whether it's you know the the the, the you know, the, the whole Ray Lewis story kind of culminating and, you know, every game could be his last. Um, if they're, if they're rallying around that, which I think they are to, to an extent, um, you, you've got, you got to give, give credit to them, give them their props. I mean, they've, they've elevated their game and I, I, I didn't think much of the Ravens, you know, prior to the postseason, but, you know, I think we all have to kind of, you know, give credit where credit is due, right? I mean, I, I, I still think the 49ers are the better team. I thought the 49ers were, were a Super Bowl contender right from the get-go, uh, right before the playoffs started, and they've, they've certainly shown that they have the goods, that they have the chops to, to, to go all the way, and Kaepernick's been great, 
And, uh, you know, again, their defense has been really good for the most part. Um, you know, last week, being able to come back the way they did after, after the Falcons just jumped on them, shockingly jumped on them to start that game, but they had the wherewithal to, to stick with it, to make plays they needed to, to come back, uh, to show the mental capacity to do that. I mean, that says a lot to that team. That says a lot, uh, you know, for the, for the coaching staff, there's a lot for the players. Um, so of course now you have the, the, the hardball ball. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, of, of either coach, really, but, uh, you know, and I think, uh, we'll, 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 we'll know more than we really care to know about, uh, Jim and John Harbaugh and their past and as far as, as well as Ray Lewis, as well as Colin Kaepernick, as well as everybody, but that's, 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 that's the byproduct of having two weeks between, uh, the, the championship weekend and the Super Bowl, right? So, you know, that, that, that's kind of part of the deal, but, uh, uh, I think it's going to be a terrific game. I really do. I, I would expect the 49ers to win. I think they're the better team, but, you know, I thought that the Ravens were not the better team in, in all of the matchups moving forward, and, and they're still standing. So, you know, who knows? But uh, if you were to ask me this, right this second, uh, I, I, I like the Niners. I, I think I'm, I think they have the better body of work. I think they have, uh, you know, they have more talent at the at the important positions, and uh, we'll see what happens. But if you were to ask me right now who I like, I, I, I think I'm taking the Niners. I agree. I agree. I think that, uh, you know, the Niners just simply look like the best team. And for them to go on the road and do in Atlanta what they did, uh, you know, after a week after just laying it on Green Bay, uh, you know, I, I just think, and, you know, I think a lot of us have felt all year, you know, that they're just simply the best team. And uh, so I, I, you know, I, their defense is, you know, they're men, to put it mildly, and I just think that their, uh, you know, their offense is clicking now with Kaepernick. Uh, you know, he showed up big time in these two games, in the two playoff games, so we'll have to wait and see what, uh, you know, what he does in the Super Bowl, which is yet, you know, a new and different animal, as it will be for Joe Flacco. But needless to say, it's looking like the most physical Super Bowl we've had in years. I mean, the, these two teams literally define physical in the NFL, to say the least. Yeah, you're not going to have much finesse in this game, right? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a lot of a lot of hard hitting, uh, hard hitting play. You know, obviously, when you have uh, a defense like the Ravens that that really have been been so good this season, um, you know, you look for ways to combat that. Uh, but you have you know that added dimension that that Kaepernick and the Fournieres give you. You know, that whole uh, whole read option uh, pistol offense that they have. You know how are the Ravens going to be able to deal with that, and you know we'll we'll, we'll find out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I fully expect it to be a very, uh, I think it's going to be very low scoring. Actually, um, I don't think that's really, I don't think that's really a, a news flash. But you know, you, you never do know. Sometimes when you when you really think it's going to be a defensive struggle, it turns out to be a score fest. You, you never really do know. But I, I real, I can't imagine with two defenses of this caliber having you know really really high scores, but it's, uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, it, it certainly will be, a, it'll be a, a lot of guys feeling a lot of pain after that game, I'm sure. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, serious pain, to say the least. Uh, well, excellent, Barry. Great analysis, as always. And with that said, uh, let's take our break, and we'll come back with our fourth segment after this break.
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time. 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. This is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 888 346 9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. And back on the line with us is Barry Rubenstein. And Barry, uh, we've covered a lot of Super Bowl, a lot of Manti Teo. And, uh, yeah, I'd like to just take a minute here. Uh, Talk a little different story in the NFL, one that I'm sure you're familiar with, and that is the possibility that's been floated out there of the Jets trading uh, Darrell Rivas. Well, you know, I, I think I think the Jets really have to look at all options right now because they're just they're just a mess, and you know they 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 need to replenish themselves. Uh, they they need to address the quarterback situation. Uh, they there's a lot they, there's a there's a lot they need to fix on this team and. You know, it, it, it's kind of hard to believe that that, you know, that here was a team that you know, you know, a year ago, two years ago, you know, was thought to be one of the best teams in the NFL, and they've just fallen flat on their faces. And you know, the the uh, you know the New York Post, the circus clowns, have, have gotten a lot of uh, a lot of mileage this year uh, from this team and their and their antics. And you know, it doesn't seem to stop, right, with the whole uh, you know Rex Ryan tattoo thing, and now you're Rex getting in a car accident. I mean, you know, it's not exactly leading by example, right? So. You know, you have some issues there, and uh, you know certainly, you know, with a, a new GM in place now, uh, a new offensive coordinator, it just really you kind of you kind of wonder where where this is going to go. I mean, you know, uh, any you know 
Brooks Ryan's about two years left on his contract. He's, he's kind of in a lame duck situation. I would not expect him to last past this year if, if there's not marked improvement because, you know, as, as we know in this business, you know, when a new GM comes in, you, you, you kind of want to, you know, give, give, if you have a, if you have a coach you inherit, you know, of course you want to give him a chance, but, you know, you're, you're not inclined to really, you know, go to the wall with them, you know, because you want, you might, you might have one of your own guys you want to bring in. That's, that's how, that's the way it works. So, uh, I would expect that to be a big possibility. You know, I don't know if Marty Morningweg is really the answer at offensive coordinator, um, you know, guy uh, who's been pretty much a, a retread. You know, he did do some good things with the Eagles this year, but I don't know. We we, we have to see. Um, yeah, I, I think number one, they have to address their, their their quarterback situation. You know, and maybe they feel that if if they can if they can get something good for Revis as far as high draft picks or as far as you know, picks that they can you know package then in a trade for a quarterback. Um, you know, if you look at some of the guys out there, you know, you're talking Matt Flynn. You know, uh, Alex Smith has been floated. You know, we, we, we have to see. And right? if, if, if these guys would, would succeed in this type of system, you know, it's, it's just, it's, there's, there's too many questions. There's too many, uh, too many what ifs. So, you know, uh, hey, listen, I, I, I think if you're, if you're a team that has, has had the types of problems that the Jets have had, I think you have to explore all options. And, you know, there's really no such thing in this league anymore, really as, uh, you know, untouch, untouchable players. And, you know, certainly, uh, it was a guy who, uh, who at times has been difficult to deal with, at least when it comes to, uh, contracts and he much holds out every year as a matter of course. Now, is this, is this just something that, uh, was a problem with him on, under, under, uh, Mike Tannenbaum, the former GM? Maybe, uh, maybe the fact that John Idzik is now the GM, maybe that will, 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 uh, play itself out in a positive way regarding Revis, maybe. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I am, I'm not surprised at all that the Jets would at least entertain the thought of trading Darrell Revis. I mean, you know, look, look where they were last year, uh, even with him at the beginning, not very, not very good after he gets hurt, you know, well, you know, and then the, 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 the wheels totally came off, but, you know, again, I, I think if you're in a team in that situation, you know, you have to you know, explore every option you have. And, and, and that includes trading a guy like Revis or at least thinking about trading a guy like Revis. You know, just, you, you have to kind of kind of see what the market is and see what, what, what's available and see what you can do with it moving forward. Yeah, well, it was a shocking piece of news. And I know that their GM, uh, their new GM, uh, you know, uh, quieted the story down a little bit, but Revis was, you know, tweeting about it a little bit. So it's uh, really, you know, quite the unanswered question, to say the least. I mean, you know, he's one of the top five players in the NFL, in my estimation. And uh, so just more and more on the Jets. It's always something. Um, so switching subjects. I just want to get your take uh, on the NHL. Here we're, you know, we, we've pretty much ignored the end of the lockout and the beginning of the season, but with your hockey background, uh, you know, I really am interested. We've had the Bruins and Rangers already play a couple of great games and, uh, you know, don't want to let our hockey expert off the line with uh, uh, only two minutes to go in the show without, uh, without getting, your, getting your thoughts on the NHL so far. 
Well, much like uh, much like the NBA was after their lockout. I mean, now you only have a 48 game. The NBA was 66 games, I believe. So now you have a 48 game regular season, which means more intensity. Which means you know, it's almost like a, a, a hearkening back to the old original six days in a way, because you're only playing teams in your own conference, right? You, you know, these teams that, that are your rivals, you play more games against to you know, develop more bad blood and more more intensity. And you know, because the season is, is now so short, I mean, the games take on added meaning. So, you know, in a 48-game season, you know, you go into a prolonged slump, you don't have enough time to, to, to recover and, and kind of work your way out of it. So each individual game takes on more meaning, which in turn makes for a more interesting regular and more intense regular season, which in turn, you know, ramps up, if you're, if you're a hockey fan, ramps up the, um, the interest and ramps up the intensity all the way through. I think the game's been really good so far. Um, you know, some really, uh, really, uh, excellent matchups. I thought the uh, Rangers Bruins game the other night that the game the Rangers wound up winning in overtime. I thought that was a terrific hockey game. And there's been a lot of them so far, and there'll be more, more of that. And I think it'll get even more intense as the season goes on. You know, you don't have, you're not going to have these extended days off. You're going to have a lot of back to back. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of games in a short amount of time, not as much practice time. There might be some injuries that we're going to be dealing with because of, of the quick pace. After you know uh, an abbreviated training camp and the lockout, so um, I, I I love it. I I, I think it's, I I think it's a great. Uh, I think it's, I, I I don't know. I I just I wouldn't mind just in general. You know, the NBA and the NHL both coming back on regular season. It'll, no, it'll never happen because of the players' union. But I I personally I would love to see less regular season games to make both regular seasons more meaningful and. Uh, that's just me. That's just personal opinion. But uh, it, it can't help but make a better regular season if the games mean more. I mean, it's just simple logic. So, um, yeah, so far so good. And I'm looking forward to, uh, to a lot more before we're set up. Terrific, Barry. And hard to believe, but we're at the end of our show. But I'm glad we could get your take on the first couple of weeks of the NHL returning after the lockout. And just want to thank Voice America listeners, as always for listening again today, and we'll look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time from New Orleans. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.